everybody. Hello. <laughs> My name is Jordan Reed. I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and other things. We talk about cryptozoology. <laughs> Big, tall, scary anomalies. Lum, urban legends. Lum, urban legends. <laughs> Blowing it this time. <laughs> We're doing a great job. Talk about anything that is a ghost, could be a ghost, might be a ghost, or will. Wants to be a ghost. Or wants to. Ooh, that was really good. Mm. Or wants to be a ghost. Each week we bring in a topic of something spooky that we have not yet discussed with each other. So we'll be listening to it for the first time with you. Yes. Uh, 50% of us will be listening to it for the first time with 100% of you. And if you add the math together, that's 65%. That's a lot of percent. Did you know my math was wrong? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think I started last Last week. Do you want to start this time? Yeah. I'm trying something new this week. Oh, cool. And if it doesn't work, then... Oops. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to be telling you a scary story. Okay. But... I'm glad I changed my topic because I was going to tell scary stories. Well, I don't think they would have been similar. Okay. But... Why are they about goats? No, just you're going to help me tell the scary story. To who? To the listeners and to us. Okay. Because I have a little Mad Libs... Spooky story edition. Oh, this is very (laughs) cool, Lindsay. Oh, cool. So the story is called Ooze and Oz. Like ooze, like slime. Oh, cool. And then Oz, like screams? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so... You would have thought they would have done some like alliteration, like slimes and screams. Well, ooze, like slime. Well, yeah. Ooze and Oz. Yeah, I mean, I know that's like the whole 4th of July thing you say when you look at the fireworks, but alliteration's cool, too. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so I have not read the story yet. Oh, you still even haven't read the story? I haven't read the story yet, so you're going to fill in the words that we need, <laughs> and I'll read the story for the first time. Now, you and I have a history of Mad Libs. We do. We play them a lot <laughs> on our drive home to Cleveland. Yeah, whenever we're driving around, we'll do Mad Libs, and sometimes Linz gets a little frustrated with me because if it's a noun... I wait. Well, it's just because, well, like, forever. I want to make it the best Mad Lib it can okay. be. I think that's why. Okay. <laughs> well, do you want to get started? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is I need an adjective. An adjective? Yes. I'm just going to say, can I? I'm going to give you two adjectives. I'm going to need a few, so. Oh, Okay. I think most most people's go-to adjectives right away is smelly. Okay, give me another adjective. Uh, I mean, start ri- ri- like rolling them off because there's a lot. Okay, yep. There's going to be a lot of this that is edited. <laughs> Rot. I'm trying. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to like do this in like a spooky sort. You know, I'm trying to get my mind in like a spooky zone. Okay. Decrepit. Okay, I need another adjective. Bouncy. <laughs> Another adjective. Uh, Another adjective that I can think of right now is the word silly. Silly. (laughs) Noun. Now, remind me what a noun is. Person, place, or thing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My neighbor's refrigerator. Another noun. 
Boot. Another noun. Another noun? A sweatshirt. Another noun. Jeans. Jinko jeans. <laughs> Jinko jeans. Jinko? Jinko jeans. Clothing. A second pair of Jinko jeans. <laughs> a noise. Can I just make the noise and then you try to spell it? <laughs> I guess so. Purr. <laughs> a body part. Uh, your Jinko. No. A femur. Color. Bright orange. A liquid. <laughs> <laughs> Old soup. Exclamation. Holy soup. Animal. A soup rat. Kind of, it's kind of like the pizza rat. The old, <laughs> the old internet thing. Soup rat? But this one's soup rat. I don't think I've heard of soup rat. Well, it's a new thing. A number. 31,000. How about 31? Okay, sure. <laughs> Adverb. Quietly. Pet's name. Not Molly. <laughs> is that the pet's name or? <laughs> Not Molly. No, the, the, the pet's name will be Fluffster. And it's a giant, uh, well, I guess we'll find out what it is, but I'm visualizing a big giant cat. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just so, just, just so you know and I know. And Another adjective. Fluffy. Another adjective. Poofy. I just got Fluffster on the brain. <laughs> Another adjective. Bald. A noun. Face. Adjective. Facey. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a word. Uh, Let's go with shiny, because I keep thinking of a bald head. Noun. Foot. Like someone's foot, not the unit of measurement. Okay, one more noun. Second foot. (laughs) (laughs) Clothing. Pleated dockers. A noise. (laughs) Short and loud burp. A foreign word. (laughs) (laughs) What's the German word for burp? I don't know. What about just an exclamation? Like a foreign exclamation? Oh, I thought you meant just like an ex body part. Let's go with left leg. Color. Brighter orange. Exclamation. Nice, but with like a couple eyes. Animal. Maybe just a rat, just a normal rat. Regular rat? regular rat not a soup rat (laughs) a number 21 an adverb calmly and last but not least another adverb it's only i only know a couple adverbs (laughs) you have to think of another one extra calmly all right are you ready for your oohs and ahs story yes i think i'm ready i hope i'm ready i hope i did a good job I hope so, too, because I have to read it. (laughs) Yeah. So I have not read the story yet, so this is the first time we'll be hearing it. Who's, like, what was your inspiration for, like, writing the story? Like, where were you and... I didn't write it. Oh, okay. It's just Mad Libs. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, the story of oohs and ahs. I'll never forget the night it happened. It was a smelly night, and I was relaxing upstairs with my neighbor's refrigerator. (laughs) A good book and my faithful regular rat, Fluffster. Suddenly, there was a loud, short and loud burp. I sprang to my feet and crept downstairs, trying to be as fluffy as I could. Nothing looked out of the ordinary. Suddenly, I heard a short and loud burp again. But this time, it was much more decrepit, and I knew it was coming from the basement. Can you, wait, can you, like, can you give, like, pull us into the story and, like, just do, like, I wonder what that short and loud burp sounded like. Brap. Brap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Summoning my courage, I grabbed a flashlight and 
strode calmly down the stairs. I might have met my end right there if it were not for Fluffster, who let out a loud plurp. (laughs) (laughs) I jumped quietly to the side just in time to avoid the long, gooey appendage. Ew, that's actually pretty gross. (laughs) I turned my flashlight on the intruder and gasped in horror. Lurking there in my basement, bathed in puffy glow in the light, was a huge, quivering, shapeless blob of ooze. Ew. The hideous thing was as bright orange as a face and as big as a boot. (laughs) (laughs) That's my, that's going to be one of my new go-to sayings. That thing was as big as a boot. Big as a boot. Nice, I cried. <laughs> I fled extra calmly upstairs, but the thing chased me with a lightning with lightning speed. I was trapped, and I knew I had to fight it if I wanted to survive. Heck yeah. <laughs> First, I tried to chop it with a sharp foot from the kitchen. Then I shot it with my grandpa's sweatshirt that hangs over the fireplace. <laughs> In desperation, I even tried throwing old soap on it. <laughs> <laughs> but just nothing worked. It kept coming. I thought I was dead for sure. The when old soap didn't work? The old soap didn't work. That sucks. When suddenly a strange figure crashed through my window and leapt between us. He was tall and bouncy with fierce bald eyes and silly shoulders. <laughs> he was dressed entirely in black except for his brighter orange pleated dockers. <laughs> you know, this is, oh, this is cool because it's like the battle of the oranges. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And he has pleated dockers that are brighter orange. Is that right? <laughs> he had brighter orange pleated dockers. That's just fashionable and smart. It was. Holy soup, the figure cried. And quick as a soup rat, he jumped and <laughs> stunned the ooze creature with a powerful kick. Without pause, he scooped the thing onto a second foot and tried to shut with a long Jinko jeans. What? <laughs> I don't think Jinko jeans necessarily fit into that sentence. <laughs> well, I think they fit into basically everything. Okay. How did you do that, I gasped, trying to catch my breath. Their only weakness is their femur, he replied. <sighs> One good kick and things are helpless. But how do you find it? I asked, staring at the shapeless mass. That is easy, said the stranger. It's right next to their left leg. <laughs> <laughs> next to it. <laughs> right next to it. I thanked him for saving my life and asked him his name. I am Sacra Blue, and I have been hunting the ooze creatures all my life. Join me in my quest, and I will make the world safe from their shiny evil. Now that I knew the truth, how could I say no? I joined Sacra Blue that night, and my life has never been the same. I learned how to spot their femur in less than 21 seconds, and together we have defeated over 31 of the ooze creatures. I even got my own brighter orange pleated dockers. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So that's like your uniform. <laughs> and that's the conclusion of Ooze and Oz. I like Ooze and Oz. That's a story that you helped create. Wow. And I feel cool. Yeah. For having done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, my topic wasn't really a topic at all. It was just a scary story that you helped write. I like that a lot. And now I also like... What type of jobs would you think where you would go to and they're like, well, here's your uniform, bright orange. Brighter orange, pleated, pleated dockers. Yeah, pleated dockers. What sort of job would that be? I mean, I guess kicking ghosts is one. Well, obviously, taking down ooze monsters in your basement. 
How do you visualize these dockers? Baggy or not baggy? I would say probably a little bit baggy. You need room to move around and catch ooze. Ke- yeah, catching ooze is slang for kicking them. Kicking them in the femur. Next yeah. to their left leg. Farther left from their left leg? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a short little topic, but why not? It's kind of just a little Kickstarter to our delayed show. I like it. Thanks, Lens. <laughs> no problem. Uh, really quick, before we take a small break, I wanted to announce that our podcast is no longer on SoundCloud. Correct. Uh, we, we switched our RSS feed over to a little program called Shortwave. What that means for you is that if you were listening to our show on SoundCloud, we moved it because it was costing us a little bit too much money. So we moved it over to Shortwave, and you can still listen to our podcast on, I believe, Stitcher and a few other podcatching apps, but primarily iTunes and Google Play. Yes. Um, so please, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to our show in iTunes or Google Play and leave a review and share it with your friends, and that will make up for everything, I guess, for us moving it over to Shortwave. Follow us on our journey over to Shortwave. <laughs> you are you're cordially invited. Saddle up, put on your brand new pair of brighter orange pleated dockers, <laughs> and follow us on over and to iTunes. Grab your soup rat. Grab your soup. Hey, grab your soup rat. Put on your orange dockers. Head on over to iTunes or Google Play. Subscribe to the show and tell somebody about it. And that'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be back in a second. <laughs> Three. Two. Pleated orange dockers. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you enjoyed your break. Maybe you found a ghost on the break. Maybe you made up your own Mad Lib story. Maybe you made up your own ghost to impress your friends, which is not cool to do. Or is it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for my portion, I have two creepy stories from one of the books we have called Mysteries of the Unexplained. Is this Christina's or no? Chrissy? Oh, Chris. Chris. Chris something. This is not, uh, I think, was it Chris Woodyard? Sure. Yeah, this is not Haunted Ohio. Okay. This is Mysteries of the Unexplained, and it's a big old book full of uh, tons of little stories about odd happenings, paranormal things, cryptozoology, historical, uh, creepy stuff. Wackiness. I think just your basic... Your basic book of wackiness. <laughs> I but, love basic book of wackiness. But all of the stories in here are implied to be real. I mean, there right. there there are sources. You know, it says like this is from Time Magazine or this is from a newspaper published over in London. There's there's a lot of stuff from Europe in here. Uh, a lot of them from the Times in London, all over, like from the 1700s or for, sorry, from the 1800s to like somewhat present day but they're they're meant to be taken with a grain of salt but there is some photographic evidence in here of, of some things and i just like this little book okay it's a fun little book and you have a couple st- scary spooky stories you said i think they're just odd they're okay. they're they're ones that make you think huh hmm <laughs> they're ones that kind of make you make the noise huh oh oh all right <laughs> <laughs> so i have a few of them my first story 
has to do with geodes. Okay. You know what a geode is? Yeah, little crystals and rocks and stuff in caves. Actually, a really good metaphor, I think, in general. They look crummy on the outside, really pretty on the inside. So you never know. Or bright and shiny, I guess. They, they're, they're the complete opposite from the outside to the inside. Correct. And it's nice. The, the book says, geodes are something like oysters. Not much to look at on the outside, but apt to contain something valuable within. Mm. Just like a little oyster. They Just got, like a little oyster. They got them pearls. Or a little geode. A little geode. So I thought this one was interesting. Now this one might, I think this one kind of falls under the realm of like vaguely paranormal stuff. Maybe, um, I don't know, having some outside influence or something a long, long, long time ago. Okay. This was, I'll just put it this way. This is one of the only ones I read that I went, huh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So in 1961, two dudes and a lady, Wally Lane, which is a real human name. Mike Mikesell. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> and Virginia Maxey. Okay. Now, these are not characters from Borderlands or from some, uh, like, L.A. Noir video game. These are real people who owned a little geode and gem gift shop in California called LM&V Rockhounds. Ooh. Which the Rockhounds was the motorcycle gang I was a part of when I was a teenager. When you were in the 60s? Well, no, uh, 1986 <laughs> when I was born. So I was uh, oh. not even one years old uh, or one year old, and I would ride with my crew, the Rockhounds. Cool. Mm-hmm. We had people like Tough Tyler, Strong Steph. <laughs> strong Steph. Muscle Mark. You didn't have Strong Steph. Yeah. She's wow. the leader of the group. Wow. Well, anyways, these guys were, they, they went out to find some new geodes and some new crystals for their shop, and they were out hunting around by a place called Owens Lake, which I've never heard of. And I think mostly that, that that might be because that we don't live in California. What part of California is it? Uh, in the Coso Mountains by Olancha. Olanca. Okay, so they have a, a, a rock farm. They have a little rock shop. Okay, the rock shop. The rock hound shop. In California. LM&V Rock Hounds, gem and gift shop in California. Okay. And they went to Owens Lake to do some more digging and some rock hunting okay for their shop to sell their wares and they got a bunch of geodes they brought it back to the shop and they cut it in half or they 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 cut them all in half right yeah and in one of the geodes that they cut in half they found something that closely resembled a modern day spark plug in a car or wherever like anywhere where i guess electricity is used i think yeah a spark plug which is odd that this would be inside of a geode a very, very, very old rock. Right. So they, they cut it open with a with a, a diamond saw and they saw a spark plug. So in the middle of the geode, geode was a metal core about two millimeters in diameter. And it was enclosed in what looked to be a little ceramic uh, collar and like this hexagonal sleeve that was carved out of wood. And the wood, so you have a hexagonal, a, a six-sided wooden sleeve. Okay. With a ceramic in the center with a small metal rod going all the way through the thing. Okay. Like a little spark plug, which is very cool. And they they didn't know it was wood at first on the outside because it had been in there for so long that the, the wood was so old it had become petrified, which means it's very old, right? Yeah. I don't know how old, but very old. Around this was the outer layer of the geode consisting of hardened clay, pebbles, and a bit of fossil shell. And... 
On the outside of the geode, there were these two small, non-magnetic metallic objects that resembled a nail and a washer, which is odd right. for, for a geode being this old, right? So they had it dated. They, they, they had it carbon dated by a geologist. Yeah. And the geologist expected this thing to be 500,000 years old. So this definitely was not around a time that this stuff would be no. out. No, not even close. This, this like predates um, all the stuff going on in Egypt. I, I, I did do a little bit of precursory Googling. And I believe like the, the whole uh, pyramids and Egyptian civilization was sort of in its prime around 3000-ish BC. Yeah. I believe, sorry, BCE. I believe that's correct. If it's not correct, please let me know or let us know on Twitter at spooky underscore spouses. You have our permission to tweet at us and tell us that we were wrong. I guess that's fine. <laughs> but this like significantly predates that stuff, which yeah. is insane. So 500,000 years ago, there was this small tool that got encapsulated inside of a geode that looked like a modern day spark plug or had the foreshadowing of technology that would be the modern day spark plug maybe the little critters back then like made a spark plug <laughs> you think the, the they're little, probably super bored the little critters back then had like a mazda miata and they're like we can't get it to start and yeah they, but they only had one and they all shared it <laughs> how many critters was that <laughs> like a lot of critters like tons of critters tons but, of like, critters they would sign up for like a wait list of like when they could take out the miata i love that Little critter, little critter crits. <laughs> <laughs> our our next door neighbor growing up had a Mazda Miata that he would only take out once a year. And I'm not sure if it's because he wanted to keep the car nice or because he was like a little embarrassed about it because it was a little Mazda Miata. Uh, I'm not a car guy. Yeah, I don't know. But all I know is that they're silly little cars. Yeah, they're silly little cars. They were cool back in the day, but I don't think they're that cool now. But I thought... I don't know. I thought you'd be more stoked about this. I think this is super cool. 500,000 years ago, there's a little spark plug. See, I always just like, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but really when like people find stuff like that, I'm like, did you just like slip that in there? Like, did you find that somewhere else? And like, you said it was in a rock. Maybe. I don't know. I always have to see to believe these things and like have somebody actually, no, like I got to see it in real life. Like, Oh, IRL. Well, good luck because I don't believe it can be seen IRL because Wally Lane, one of the uh, people who found it, took it and was trying to sell it for $25,000 and no one would buy it. <laughs> so I really just feel like <laughs> I think that's really funny you just asked me that I'd be more excited about this when really he didn't get any money for this. <laughs> he wanted to sell it. He wanted to sell it. Wally Lane was couldn't. going through a rough patch in the Rockhounds, wanted to sell his $25,000 Geo that he found and didn't have much luck. Yeah. Poor little guy. That's okay. I thought that was fun. He still has it, apparently. If he's still alive, I'm not really sure. So this is from the Info Journal, number four, from the spring of 1969. So okay. it was documented inside of a journal. So I guess, I mean, it was real. I mean, like, the, the, the thing physically existed. If it was a hoax or not, we don't really know that. But yeah, I guess that's what I like about this book, is, like, you don't know if it's BS or RS, real stuff or real bull stuff. stuff or... <laughs> or bull stuff. Or baddie stuff. Or baddie stuff. Now, here's here's a cool story. Well, I think it's cool. I'm not sure if you'll love it. But okay. I think it's really cool. <laughs> okay. So, in Africa, in southern Mali, is a tribe of people called the Dogon people. Or Dogon. D-O-G-O-N. Yes. Dogon people. Uh, we'll just say Dogon people. 
who are farmers who still live in caves in the Hambori Mountains in Mali. And they live pretty primitively. I mean, here's, I'm showing Lindsay a photo of their dress, their ceremonial dress. They have like gigantic headdresses and a lot of like red feathers and stuff. Very decorative. Very decorative. Super cool, actually. Those masks are sweet. One of their 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 main things that they focus on is this one star that they call Potolo. This uh, really, really, really far away star. These guys have existed uh, in religious secrecy for many hundreds of years. And they it, it says in the book, they possess information about a phenomenon of the greatest rarity, which is super cool. So... It seems as though the Dogen tribe has knowledge of the star and they have had knowledge of a specific star that up until recently could not be seen with the human eye. So they knew about a star that is now just being seen. Like, I guess around the no photographs of it were obtained until 1970. So a recent star. A fairly recent star. What is that? 40 some years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, today, 40... if we're, if we're saying exactly 1970, then I guess 48 years ago was when we had the first documented photograph of the star. But apparently the Dogen tribe has known about the star for hundreds of years. And you were unable to see it with the human eye. Even like regardless of like the astrological calendar and certain types of the year and stuff like that. So did they freak out when it was like visible? Well, it's still not visible. You can only vis- oh. You can only see it through... Huge telescopes and stuff like that. But they don't have these devices. They do not have these devices. No, they're 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 super primitive. So did anybody tell them that like, hey, this star that you worship it does actually exist? But that's the thing. Like they knew it existed. Oh. Somehow. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dive a little deeper. Okay. So the star they describe to know is an actual sort of categorized or. Um, a star that, that astronomers know exists, and it's Sirius B. So you know the the Sirius star, right? That's the, the dog star, or Sirius A. Yeah. But Sirius B is a smaller star next to it. P, you know, scientists realized that it might exist around 1844 when the bright, bright, bright star Sirius, or the, the dog star, according to scientists, I know nothing about um, astronomy and stuff like that, except that I like stars. And yeah. that's about it. That there was a small gravitational pull or something around Sirius. And they're like, well, maybe something's over there. But 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 they didn't have the, the technology to be able to see a star like that yet. Okay. It seemed, however, I'm, I'm reading from the book. It seemed, however, far too small to exercise any noticeable influence on Sirius, which is twice as large as our own sun and 20 times as radiant. Today, we know that Sirius B is a white dwarf that, although small and faint is extremely dense and quite heavy, enough to exercise a gravitational influence on Sirius A. So the Dogen people call this star Potolo, which Tolo means star, and Po is the name of the smallest seed uh, that the Dogen people use. It's this very, very, very small seed, uh, which is a variety of crabgrass. Oh, that's cute. Isn't it really cute? So Little small seed. Little tiny, little tiny seed star. <laughs> so... How did they get this knowledge of the star and how they had this knowledge of over under over a hundred years of the star that up until only recently we were able to say definitively totally exists? Maybe they smoked a lot of peyote. So it wasn't peyote. Well, we don't know that for sure. I don't know if it was peyote influenced. Take one more guess. Um, coffee. 
You're right. (laughs) (laughs) They were were sipping too much coffee, and they're like, I can see very strong. Yeah. I can see very far. Well, because they're, you know, they're anxiety and stuff was up so they're like i think there's another star watching us well that's what happens to me in the mornings when i take a sip of coffee i can't see 10 feet in front of me but with each sip 11 foot 12 foot 13 yeah well i think that's what happens with a lot of people i think that's why coffee was invented to see farther in front of you yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's not true but hold on let me let me check the book uh, yep, that's true. I just read it. I just read it in the book. Okay, so the Dogen people said they know this because hundreds of years ago, they were visited by what they sort of described as being like this amphibious visitor from another planet. Like a lizard man? Kind of like a lizard man, but more so An like a... alien lizard man. Like a fish man, kind of. Oh. And they called the fish man Nomos. What does nomos mean? N-O-M-M-O-S. Nomos. So nomos comes from the Dogen word to make one drink. Or they're also called masters of the water, the monitors, or the instructors, which I think is very creepy. So they have these like alien type creatures come tell them that like, here's a star, you need to worship it, and this is why. I guess... They, they were telling him about the star and like, this is the star that means a lot. This star is very important. Who knows? Maybe it's the Nomos's son. Maybe it's S-U-N, uh, not their <laughs> child. But they were at least informed about maybe not necessarily this star in particular, but this star and then other stars. And then for some reason, this one being strong, like small, having a strong gravitational pull, metaphorically meant a lot to them. I'm not really sure. But they were instructed of all these stars that could not be seen with the naked eye, nor even fathom that these stars existed by the Nomos. But there are drawings from the Dogen tribe that they always draw on the sand and like maybe some like old hieroglyph type things that show this star. So here's a drawing of their little star thing. And then there's an actual graph of where the star exists in relation to other things. So they would draw this shape, this like oval And then in the bottom right-hand corner or side of the circle, they draw their star, a little X, which kind of looks like chromosomes or something. And then here's an actual graph of the the star and its gravitational pull. And it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's super cool. Very weird. So the Nomos, when they landed, it says they crashed a ship that was like this metal sort of thing, right? Of course, it's always metal. And then, Is that where the spark plug came from? That might be the spark plug. Yeah, <laughs> they they crashed because somewhere over California, their spark plug fell out of their ship. And yeah. they were like, we're going down in Mali, which is a pretty cool place to vacation, I think. Tropical and nice. <laughs> and they crashed. And then they're like, well, I got to say why I'm here. And they made up some bogus story about this sun that they knew. And then they left when the Dogen people built them a new spark plug. But mm. the ship crashed. And this sort of amphibious looking thing crawled out and then drug its ship to a small little ravine of water and then got in the water itself so its ship could float in the water. And then it got in the water and just kind of hung out with its head out and was talking to him because it needed to be in water. Oh. Did it have water in the ship? Uh. It must have. It had to be in water. Just kind of like a moist. It's like a flying fish tank. It was like a flying I fish tank. picture a flying fish tank. Like one of those fancy ones you see at those like Vegas hotels. The cool fish tanks? Yeah. Like from that cool show where like the brother and the brother-in-law make the fish tanks and they argue with each other? Yeah. 
what tank wars tank or tank war <laughs> tanked fish, fish buddies fish forever yeah see? yeah fish friends according to dogan art the nomos were more fish-like than human and they had to live in the water and this, they were the saviors and spiritual guardians mm. of the dogan people so that's that's my other big story. I just think that's so neat that for hundreds of years they've been illustrating this star that we could not see with the naked eye or we we couldn't see without technology until 1970. Right. I think that's so cool. And then I have one more small story that is quite literally two sentences long. You ready for this <laughs> okay, one? Okay, I'm ready. This story is called The Bouncing Baby. Is that it? <laughs> that's it oh. just, it's just and, and where you just visualize or you just picture a little baby bouncing around bouncing baby here's the story bouncing baby two sentences long and it's from a telephone interview with the guy's wife who this happened to in michigan okay ready mm-hmm. joseph figlock was walking down a street in detroit in the 1930s when a baby fell on him from a high window okay yeah so he's walking in detroit baby fell on him a year later the same baby fell on him again from the same window. Figlock, Figlock and the baby both survived. Why does that baby keep falling out the window? <laughs> on the exact same day, a year later. Like, what is that mom doing maybe that, like, it's that the, day? Maybe it's the baby's birthday. Maybe it's Happy in birthday! those baby cages that were invented back there. Oh, yeah. And they keep just falling out. The ones where they hung out the window that you were talking about? Yeah. Maybe. I just think that's funny that uh, after... A year to date, baby fell out the window and hit Joseph Figlock on the head. Just babies falling out of the sky in Detroit, Michigan. What's going on with Detroit and the babies? They went through that bankruptcy thing. And now they're just chucking babies out. Now they're just chucking babies out the window. Well, that might have been the start of it because that was in the 1930s. So they're like, "Uh, we're going downhill. Chuck your babies out. Probably. Well, speaking of babies, (laughs) I almost had a discussion a few weeks ago, actually, about creepy kids toys okay like i'll read you a little bit of the list that i had Mm -hmm. about the weird kids toys i mean you can look them all up online but some that i found were really like odd was a pregnant barbie oh yeah like have you ever seen those i know they're big in japan i think they they profiled it on that show what the the toys that made us that hulu thing they might have i thought it was on that one but it's like got a little wrapped up baby like that you can see in her belly oh i don't remember that it's really weird it's not just like a baby bump like on barbie it's like a weird doll like barbie doll with a baby inside oh yeah it's weird the lovable tooth bear mr buttons have you seen those no that sounds like a horror movie no, Lovable Tooth Bear was like this monster looking like a very handmade sewn doll. And it had like real teeth sewn in it. Real human teeth? Yeah, because when your kid would lose a tooth, you would sew its tooth until it had a full mouth. Oh, why would, you wanna, tooth bear. I, why would you want to do that? I don't know. I'm going to start a bear. I'm going to start a... <laughs> no, I'm going to start... Yeah, a bear... And every time I, like, trim my fingernails or something, I'm going to attach it to the bear. Ew. That's nasty. I always thought the musical Chimp was creepy. Is that the one with the timbre, with the cymbals? Yeah. That would clang on the cymbals and yeah. move its mouth and its eyeballs? I mean, I think he's scary. Well, what what was the movie that made him scary? The the Poltergeist? He was in the Poltergeist, wasn't he? He, would, like, he was in something. Clinging, he would smash the cymbals and... I don't think it was... I don't know 
if it was the poltergeist, but he was he's made a debut in a few movies that are scary. It's really um, scary. Oh. I also think the face bank is really creepy. Oh, the little the little bank that eats your coins? Yeah, like realistically gobbles up your coins. I remember that thing. Well that's that one's not very old. Yeah, I remember seeing that one. Yeah, that one's like still like happening. Like it's a big thing. My dad used to have this bank. This tiny little creature, I think it was a square or something, where you'd put a little coin in its mouth. It was all plastic, and it would suck the coin in its mouth, and then it would, like a small animatronic hand would come up and wipe its face. Ew. I remember that thing. Maybe that was the inspiration for Face Bank. David Reed, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, where's that bank? <laughs> where's that scary bank? Where's that scary bank at? And I bet if you put it on eBay eBay as Haunted Scary Bank, you'd oh, probably yeah. get a lot more for it. And then you could do something like, uh, this thing's so haunted, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> or something. Is that fun? I guess so. No. Oh, all right. Um, there was also a toy called the Killer Nor- Narwhal. Oh, I it remember was just that like, thing. It was just like a regular narwhal, but like it came with like three different animals that you can impale. Yeah, I remember seeing those around. <laughs> like, was that like for real or was that a joke? It was like a jokey joke. It was a joke. Okay. Because the narwhal got really popular for like a very for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Like with internet culture and like people who I don't know like like the, narwhals like the internet and like and like narwhals and they were like oh that's a fun little thing and then it just became a thing like stabbing people with your narwhal horn. I guess so. See, I didn't know if that was a joke or not because all these other toys that like I really don't believe were supposed to be scary, like they kind of were, they were worse than the killer narwhal. Yeah, I agree. There was Blippy in the box. Wait, no, what's that? Blippy Blippy (laughs) in the box was like Jack in the box. It was the same concept, but he's much scarier. But his name is Blippy? His name is Blippy. And he's like, you have to look him up. I don't know why you'd want the name of your toy to be Blippy. Yeah, Blippy. Do look, look him up. Look up Blippy and just like he's very weird. If you if you Google Blippy in the box, <laughs> I don't know how many times you can say Blippy in the box. <laughs> I think I just like the name Blippy. Blippy in the music box. Did you find him? Oh, Blippy's scary. Yeah, he's like a purple baby caterpillar if you've ever seen the movie mac and me blippy looks like a purple mac and me with psychedelic eyeballs blippy is kind of scary blippy in the box blippy in the box that's terrifying oh Um, some are more purple than others oh and one doesn't have its little antenna and it's even scarier (laughs) baby laugh a lot i posted a picture of baby laugh a lot if you haven't watched that original commercial from the 70s it's creepy there's a toy called, and I don't know if that, I, I know it's an old toy, but I don't know the story behind him, but it's Hugo, the man of a thousand faces, and it was a very plain, dated looking man doll. Man doll. And you could change its actual face. Like, you peeled off his faces. What did and, you, what? And put different faces on him. What? Hugo, the man of a thousand faces. That's disgusting. You peeled off his face and put another face on. That's nasty. One of the saddest toys that I saw was Little Miss No Name. She's a very plain Jane doll. And she even comes like with an like an inscription saying that she like basically has no friends or no life and no name. 
Why would you want that? I don't sad know. It was a popular doll. doll, like, and she's just kind of a really sad-looking emo doll. I don't know if that was a doll that was made to be kind of funny, creepy, or if that was a real thing. Little Miss No Name doll. Little Miss No Name. There was a bunch of other creepy toys. There's the frozen Eskimo dolls. <laughs> they were supposed to look like frozen bodies. Ew. But they're dolls. There's a. There's just a lot of weird, weird toys out there. The Crandall's Acrobat Toys. Now, these are really old. Now, the name's what again? Crandall? Crandall's Acrobats. And that's a mixture of Craig and Randall. <laughs> yes. But they were very old toys. They were just like little wooden kind of flat dolls. But their legs and arms, you could interchange them with each other. So okay. you like took their bodies apart and interchanged them. And they were little acrobats. And they kind of just hung from stuff. See, that's the creepiest part. They just hang around. Yeah, I don't know what you're really supposed to do with them. Um, Yeah, I mean, there was a Cyclops brain car that babies could fit in. It looked like a Cyclops brain. And it was like kind of like a big wheel. But it was a Cyclops brain. But yeah, I don't know, just... Speaking of babies, yeah, and they're weird toys. I'm trying to think of like a weird toy that I had when I was little that maybe was like is kind of freaky now. Probably um any of the toys in general that you would pull the string on the back and they'd say stuff. Yeah, but like five years after you had the toy, you'd pull the string and they'd all sound like, <laughs> and then you play it sped up and backwards. And it says something uh, like, I'm the messenger, or um, <laughs> you are but a humble sheep, I'm your guardian. That's <laughs> terrifying. Or something like that. I remember I had a Little Mermaid Ariel doll that you pulled the back and she would sing, but I remember she got somehow wedged in my closet and like we couldn't find her for days, but we could hear her. Oh no. And she would just like randomly say little little mermaid quotes or just sing <laughs> it was very scary what was like what would she say uh look at this stuff isn't it neat oh yeah see that's creepy because then it's it, it seems sort of conniving and sort of uh mischievous yeah but like i think she was wedged in a way that like sometimes like if maybe stuff would shift because she was in the bottom of the closet under stuff so it, like it would go off like here and there so it wasn't like uncontrollable it just was going off it was like it would pull the string just enough that she would here and there do it and it took us like at least two days to find her i don't think i like that no <laughs> that's creepy but she deeps. wasn't one of my scariest toys i don't know what one of my scariest toys some were. of the some of the scary toys when we were growing up were the ren and stimpy plush dolls there was the ren doll i don't think i ever had those yeah, there was the one Ren doll where you would like squeeze its stomach and it would fart. But like, well, those it was... are just grotesque toys. Yeah, but like even looking at like their faces and like, man, they were we they were wacky looking. I loved Ren <laughs> and Stimpy. I loved it. Man, they were odd. Wacky were... toys. What about even just like Stretch Armstrong? Just the whole concept of like pulling this guy's arms and face yeah, all over the it place. It was kind of like you would just torture the crap out of Stretch. And like on the commercials, they'd like pull his arms and like tie him around stuff. It's like, well, I guess you have this toy now. It's like, oh, I can't wait to get that toy and tie him around something and then just leave him there for, <laughs> for I don't know, a couple months. Well, then there was Moon Boots. And moon a bunch Boots of were people, sweet. But a lot of people sued over Moon Boots, though. You know, I got them for Christmas one year, and I did not jump higher. In fact, I think I jumped shorter, and they were very scary for your ankles in general. Yeah, because like, they were crappy plastic, and then... A lot of people sued because of them. That was the same year for Christmas. I got one of those spin arts. Now, those are still sweet. 
spin arts. <laughs> those aren't scary at all. Those are no, great. No, those are just awesome. I bought one when I was an undergrad, I think, because, you know, we kind of all have our wacky college stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought one of the spin arts in college and we, an undergrad, and we would just play with the spin arts. Great. Those were sweet. <laughs> we got to get a spin art. All right. Do we? We'll get one next weekend. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll go get a spin You can probably art. find them on Amazon. Oh, 100%. 100 million percent. They're probably sweet now. They're like Bluetooth powered and you can like digitally drop your paint. I love that. <laughs> well, if any of our listeners have a creepy story. Or have a spin art and they just want to send it to us. <laughs> or have a creepy story about a spooky toy they had when they were little. Or you were doing a spin art and you were young and like you thought, oh, this might not just not be for me. And you sort of kept it away for a while and you want to get rid of it. you can uh find us on twitter or instagram at spooky underscore spouses or you can send us an email at spooky spouses cast at gmail.com yeah we would like to thank the scavengers network for having us go to the scavengers or the scavengers network.com to learn about the network to watch the network blossom and grow pretty exciting stuff coming up we are in our chrysalis stage right now and soon we're popping out and we're going to be any sort of a winged little buggy monarch butterfly luna moth sphinx moth whatever it'll be something something nice and pretty (laughs) and thank you for our listeners and eli chambers for our wonderful spooky spouses music thank you eli chambers And be sure to join us um, every Monday for a new episode of Spooky Spouses. And hey, everyone, if you like what you hear, and we hope you do, please just share the word with a friend, a family member, your puppy, your kitty, or your ferret. Help us spread the word about Spooky Spouses. We have fun doing it, and we want to continue to do it because it's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. And hope everyone has a monstrously memorable (laughs) week. (laughs) That was your best one yet, I think. I'm not going to try to do one because yours is really good. <laughs> a tre- You're going to do another one? Trembling. <laughs> okay. Terrific Tuesday. What about Wednesday? And a wacky. Wacky? I don't know. <laughs> well, well, go to Thursday. <laughs> a, a wiry. <laughs> wiry. Willowing Wednesday. Willowing? Have a wow. That's Have scary. a good week, listeners. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, that was was a LaCroix, and hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. It's like you even clipped while opening it. <laughs> <laughs>